0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola.
1: All right, welcome to Tuesday. Lacrosse Talk PM, 608 7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, we're going to have John Havlicek, my first MBA player. No, John Havlicek, the, uh, essentially the Lacrosse Schools Teachers Union president. Uh, he has a whole slew of uh, credentials that we can we can name in a little bit uh, but he'll be on in about 10 minutes to talk about the decision yesterday that I'm sure most of you have heard that the Lacrosse School District is going to go to online teaching for at least the first month and after that we'll see <laughs> and that's kind of what they're and that's kind of almost exactly what they're thinking after that uh, we'll see how long we got to do that. That news came uh, during a special school board meeting last night where pretty much Dr. Aaron Engel, the new school superintendent, now 28 days into the job, he 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 did most of the talking. Uh, Teachers or school board members did have some questions for him, but he did most of the talking and, and just kind of said, this is what we're going to do. And so, yeah, September 1st. If you have an opinion on that, I'd like to hear it. You think schools should be... You know, holding out like that, or you know, maybe should they should they just make the decision like the WIAC conference? I know it's redundant to say WIAC conference because it's the Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference conference, but that you know, kind of at the same time, the school board was having this meeting, the WIAC, where UW Lacrosse plays sports, decided to cancel fall sports, which is just. You know, again, like just tough. I I start to really feel for uh, co- collegiate athletes. You know, and this and and you know what that's you know what that's going to mean when it when it comes to high school sports. Like how how are colleges, you know, canceling, and then high schools high school essentially push push cross country back a week and push football back a month, and you know Friday we talked to Dr. Andrew Jagum. From Mayo, who's into his uh, his his fields like sports sports researcher, he's got a big title too. But it's it's sports and researcher in there. Uh, but he he just said it it sounded a little bit like kicking the can down the road, which is kind of where we're at with this. It's hard to the the decisions are really tough, right? Like it's really tough to go. You know what? We got to boom. We got to we got to cancel this thing that we have all been doing all our lives and nothing has changed. And, and, you know, the, it's, it's really devastating and and a big decision on those people that only have these opportunities once in a lifetime, right? Like these collegiate athletes only go through college and how many, you know, how many of them are even good enough to play college sports. And if they don't get to play college sports, that's it. Like the, the, you know, then they're like most of the rest of us, right? Like, but they, they're, they're at that echelon where they're, they're good enough to be in doing, you know, those things. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up sports for the most part because that's my history, so to speak. But I know there's, you know, there's an arts situation here where we're not having things like that. Obviously it's just not my forte. So I'm sorry for those people that are like, Hey, I can't be in the band. Um, that sucks too. <laughs> and, and I understand that people go from high school to college on band scholarships as well, so I'm not trying to... Uh, it's just I, I, I can put myself in the shoes of a collegiate athlete because I tried to be one at one point in my life a long time ago. Uh, Eric from Sparta is calling in. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air.
2: I think the school should be closed for at least the first month. The first month at least see what turns out.
1: Eric, how tough is it going to be to keep a first grader wearing a mask?
2: Well, <laughs> that's, that, I'm not a first grader, but I, I'm sure their parents are worried about that. The thing I want to say is, this is an endemic. It's well, it's an endemic. It's like the flu. It's going to stay with us forever. It's all around the whole world until we find a reliable vaccine for it. This, this is—it's not going to stop. You get these young fools running the bars and stuff. Congress keeps spreading them. That, bingo, there's your answer. But the point is, this is an endemic. It's worse like the flu every year, all the time. Except it's worse. Until you start wearing a mask, try to stop it. It's not going to—you're ha- not going to stop until you get a reliable vaccine for it. And that isn't even going to work for all everybody because we keep calling back and back on us.
1: Yeah. all right, thanks, Eric. Eric from Sparta he's he's been uh, he's never changed on his opinion on this virus. He's been telling us to wear a mask before we were saying wear a mask. <laughs> uh, I got a question from Phil. Good question Phil, what are daycare centers in lacrosse doing? Are they putting masks on infants, toddlers, preschoolers? Yeah, probably not. I don't. I don't know, and I don't know if uh, John Havlicek's going to have an answer for us uh, either. So uh, we got one more, one more call, and then we're going to go to break and I'm gonna bring John on. But number three is calling in. Go ahead, number three.
3: Is this the bean picker?
1: Peas and beans. Peas and beans.
3: Okay. All right. Back in the studio where it's nice and cool, right?
1: Yeah. Definitely. <laughs>
3: All right, your truck air conditioning working now,
1: yep <laughs> good for you good It doesn't work your- on max air for some reason. it just turns to uh defrost, but i'm I'm, oh, okay. I'm a figure All out right. it's a vacuum situation, I think Nothing
3: can go wrong anyway. I talking to Mike Hayes this morning talking about the kids not going back to school for the first month. yeah, I think it's a good idea. Here's the way I look at it, Rick, okay, If you ride the bus to school. You get on the bus about six thirty in the morning, okay? Yeah. You get home at three thirty in the afternoon, roughly. Now, the first thing is, I don't know. I haven't heard nothing about what they're going to do when they get on the bus. I imagine they're going to have to wear a mask, right?
1: Yeah, it sounds like. Well, the everybody, only time it's... they
3: can take the only time they can take that mask off is when they eat, because they got to wear it in school.
1: Yeah, it's going to be, I, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how many kids lose their masks, throw masks at each other, uh, pull masks off each other. you always got the
3: one guy that's bulletproof, nothing's going to hurt him. <laughs> and then you yeah. got the little five, six, seven-year-old kids that got to have that mask on all day long. It ain't going to work.
1: No, it doesn't even work for workers, you know. that. That's are.
3: what I. I mean. I'd quit school.
1: Get a job. Go get a job. You have to wear a mask. Then. That's what
3: I did. I got a job, but I mean, I, I I don't think I could wear a mask that
1: long. Yeah, but then if you quit school, then you'd have to go get a job, and then you would have to wear a mask for eight hours in a row.
3: Well, maybe I got a job outside. Oh, okay.
1: Good, good thing. Maybe picking beans. Oh,
3: hauling chickens. Hauling
1: chickens. Keep, keep the powder dry. All driveway. right, thanks for the call. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Brad, doing the news? We'll be back after this. I'm Wism, bringing on John Avilech, the lacrosse schools teachers union president along with uh, a whole bunch of other things that i'll list in a minute here uh all right we'll be back all right welcome back to lacrosse talk p.m 608-785-7914 if you have questions when it comes to schooling and bringing kids back to school and how are we doing that and whether we're doing it right and You know anything along that route, or if you have questions about the Milwaukee Bucks and the are they playing the Celtics the first game? John Havlicek is with us. (laughs) I think they are playing the Celtics Friday. I think the first game is against the Celtics, John.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs)
1: I just thought of that right off the, I was like, how do I get a, a, because I'm, I, this is a news talk show, but I'm, I'm very pro NBA, uh, on Fridays, but it's it's a little early to be, be talking sports, but okay. John Havlicek, he's not a, he's not the former Boston Celtic guard who, you know, passed away last year. So sorry about that. But, uh, he is a central high school teacher. Uh, I believe a Spanish teacher for 25 years. I will tell you my first F ever in high school was Spanish freshman year. (laughs) <laughs> the teachers, didn't, I mean, I played this like uh, happy. Uh, no, what was it? Uh, not Billy, uh, Billy Madison. I can't even think. I played like some some clip where where they made fun of Spanish teachers, and she didn't appreciate that in front of the class. So, um, you also. Yeah, it's
4: funny when people say when I when people meet me and I say I'm a Spanish teacher, they usually say one of two things. They say, "Oh, I I wish I had taken foreign language in high school." I say, "Well, that's good," or they'll say. I don't remember any of my Spanish from high school. And I say, well, I'm not going to quiz you. Yeah, <laughs> You know, we're, we're just at a social event. I,
1: <laughs> yeah, the fir- one of the first days of Spanish class freshman year, I played the what was called from Adam Sandler CD that he put out. It was like a, a prank CD. The severe beating of a high school Spanish teacher. So she didn't appreciate that. <laughs> I think that set the tone. Also, just, you know, before we get into reopening schools and, and John Havlicek, I'll just do your resume here. 25th year teaching Spanish, master's degree in education, specifically teaching and learning styles. Uh you've got a bunch of credits beyond your master's. Maybe you should just work on that and get your doctorate, uh John. But a, a bunch of credits in grading systems, online education, teaching for equality. Uh you're the the Lacrosse Education Association president, you're the Cooley Region United Educators president. And it sounds like you have too much going on. Like how do you keep track of all this stuff?
4: I, I do wear a few hats. I'm a, I'm a pretty busy uh, individual, but it, it's work that I enjoy. So,
1: um, All right. So if, if all, can we just do this quick? Like you're, you've been teaching Spanish for a long time. You're at, at the high school level. I don't know if you've, you've gone up and down in grades when you teach Spanish, but can we just eliminate the idea that we can teach high school kids Spanish or is it just me and some others that just can't, <laughs> we no, can't I, learn that?
4: High school kids can learn Spanish. Yes, I have. Uh, I do actually loop with my students. So if I get the kid as a freshman, there's a pretty good chance I'll have that kid for four years. And honestly, what some of these kids are capable of doing is astounding.
1: Okay. It really is. All right. So I'll let you keep your job then, I guess. Um, obviously, I, I don't know. Are you in on this school board meeting last night? I'm sure you watched it, but I don't know if you get to have any input there.
4: Well, you know, th- we've been having meetings. Um, depending on the building you're in and depending on the level you're at um all summer and I've been in on, on a, a number of meetings at the district administration level and I, I think our district is doing a good job about getting teacher input and so forth um but the you know the the big driver in all this is the the county health department certainly okay um, so
1: yeah and I, and, and Jen rabalski the 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 director there, has said, I think two weeks ago she said every school in the area, and I don't know how far north or south or east or west that goes, but she said public and private have been in on these meetings, which is is feels great. That that sounds great. That's that's good. I feel like having everybody in on the same conversation, then you all can give input no matter if you're a public or a private school. Yep. Um you know yeah, absolutely. And the decision yesterday, I think Dr. Aaron Engel, the new school superintendent, uh, he's 28 days into the job. I don't know if if you envy his job at all at this point, but you know he kind of he kind of took the meeting over. I think it was he probably called this this school board meeting just to to get this out, this message out that they were postponing classes for at least a month. Uh, I don't know how do you feel about that, John?
4: Well, you know, let me just start because because everybody's going to have you know different thoughts on this, right? And for most folks, you know, even though we all went to school, um, most folks um, don't always see all the different things that, that come into play. Um, frankly, even most full-time educators aren't aware of all the stuff because it's such a big organization, you know, and I've been trying to think of what it would be like that we could all relate to. And, and I think this is what I came up with. Uh so imagine if you had to had to, you and and your spouse were having some folks over for dinner and you had to go grocery shopping and you were making the list and walking out the door and your spouse said, "Oh, by the way, we don't know how many people are actually coming tonight." And they all like different kinds of food. Some of them like Mexican food, some of them like Chinese, some of them like Italian, and a few of those the guests tonight uh they have allergies to certain foods that they don't even know about and by the way you got a limited budget to to prepare this dinner um and then you're like wow okay i'm I'm going to get groceries right now and then your spouse said the last thing said uh oh and by the way the guest list might change before you get home
1: and they might not even be coming over we (laughs) might just uh you know do a zoom call with them
4: yeah right so So, you know, I think we're doing we're doing um, we're trying to do two things. We're trying to um, meet the needs of of different kids and parents that are sometimes competing needs. And we're trying to do that. So we're trying to meet the needs of the kid who is AP honors 4.0, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we're trying to balance that with the kids who are who struggle to get seats, and they really work hard to get seats. And we're we can do that, actually. We've been doing that for a long time.
1: We're talking with te- – uh, We try. Tried- okay, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off.
4: Yeah, and we're trying to meet the needs of the parents who say, yeah, I'm fine staying home with, with our child. Uh, I've been staying home anyway. Um, with the needs of the parent who says, hey, you know uh, – our family lost one of our jobs maybe last spring when this happened, or my employer isn't this understanding anymore about this. And and we're trying to meet those sometimes competing needs as well. And I, I think what the, what Dr. Engel put forward to the school board and the school board has approved um, is our best effort to start that process. And we have a month to to get up to speed. Um, you know, other districts around the state are doing something similar because again, the big, the big elephant in the room is this illness. Um, and for as many different, uh, kids and parents and families that we have in the district, that's as many different levels of comfort and opinions on what we should be doing with, with regard to this illness that are out there.
1: Uh, Speaking with teachers union president, I'm just going to say teachers union president in lacrosse. Is that, can we do that? Is that legit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Central High School Spanish teacher, John Havlicek. John, we do have a call. It's His name's Joe. I'm going to bring him on. He might have a question for you. Uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, Joe, you're on the air. Go ahead, man.
0: Hey, someone has to help me understand why we're even talking about this. I mean, here's what I don't understand. We say that we have to do all this because this is an illness that no one has immunity to. We have not seen this virus, although there's tons of viruses around. We H1N1 came around, and no one had immunity to that. We never shut the schools down. And the other part of this is kids aren't shown to be getting sick. This is affecting, just like every other pneumonia-induced, viral-induced pneumonia, it's affecting people with predisposition. Uh, pre-existing conditions and the elderly elderly, just like all these other viral induced pneumonia right. cases jo- are.
1: Joe, you got what a question? If, Go because
0: ahead. There's no, there's no, there's no reason why we should be keeping the kids out of school. This is, kids are not dropping dead from this. This is a normal cold situation. Why are we doing this? Can someone explain this
4: to me? <laughs>
1: all right, John, you want to tackle that?
4: So just, uh, I, Thank you, sir, and please understand I'm not, that's not my field, okay, but I will do the best I can Um, that, yes, um, under 18, you know, uh, kids do get it. Um, There was a study in Florida that uh, they get it at a fairly uh, consistent rate as well. Um, (laughs) They do get sick. I, I don't know what else to say uh and it's not just the the folks that are already um suffering from health concerns i have friends in other parts of the state and other states uh, that have gotten it teachers and some of them you know one in particular uh you know she's i think she's 30 um she does everything right in terms of her health and and she was laid up for nine weeks and she was hospitalized for i think four weeks so it's really hard but i would defer to the health experts because that's that's their area of
1: expertise. Right before this, before this uh, decision last night to postpone school in in-person school, I should say not school in general, uh, a month was there a lot of talk about any teachers retiring early just because they didn't want to be in the classroom, or you know maybe even just older teachers that 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 are afraid you know that of being locked in a classroom with I don't know how many kids like ten kids twenty kids thirty kids I don't know how many kids are going to be in a classroom at this point either.
4: Yeah, that's certainly a concern. You know, um, the the school districts all around have been working very, very closely with with health experts. So people that this is their training, right? Just like I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue <laughs> with the with the the plumber or the carpenter who who comes to my house and does work because that, that's their area of expertise. You know, um, so yeah, there are a lot of teachers that are concerned, um, and yeah, I, there are some that have have made that decision that they're going to retire early. Um, there are some, I, I spoke with a teacher just yesterday, uh, a, a guy I know in Milwaukee, who said basically um, he's applying for one of the online positions in Milwaukee. If he doesn't get that, um, he will be seeking a one-year leave of absence, and if he's not granted that, he will simply resign. Yeah, And that- it's a concern.
1: Yeah, and how how nice is it that you know? I guess Dr. Engel, the the superintendent, takes maybe he takes the brunt of the the backlash here if people want to be in person by by making this decision, and and then you as teachers also have a little bit of a you have a timeline, right? You have about a month to okay. I know for at least the first month we need to do online schooling. I had Engel on, I believe, last week. And he said, you know, when when the pandemic hit and schools went out and you had to teach online, online teaching didn't work very well at that point.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was such a scramble at that point because we all do things uh, using the Internet, you know, whether it's pulling things into my classroom or or sending the kids outward on the Internet. Um, But not like that. And what we had not had a chance to address because it was just so abrupt, were the equity concerns. You know, for some kids, uh, stuff is easier, right, because they have more support at home or they come from a higher socioeconomic status or just their life circumstances make things easy. For other kids,
5: it's really hard.
4: We have students at Central that are babysitting two, three, and four uh, younger siblings while trying to do their, their classwork. Um, so no, it did not go very well, and I don't think it would do any good to try to, to sugarcoat that at all.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
4: but now we have, you know, we have teachers that have been taking every online professional development, and, and by professional, by online, I mean professional development on how to successfully um, teach online. They've been doing it really starting in April and May and June and July. And there are tons of courses out there that folks have been taking. And, you know, the district has chosen, um, I don't know if your folks would know this term, it's called a learning management system, Um, but it's a way to help deliver the online content and make it transition into class um, as seamlessly as possible. And the district is bringing in folks to give us training on that. And our union is looking for folks to provide additional training on that. Um, and be kind of mentors and so forth, um, so that this transition um, back into online schooling should be should be much better.
1: The first time teachers didn't get summers off, I tell you. <laughs> We're speaking with teachers <laughs> union president uh, in the cross and Central High School Spanish teacher John Havlicek. We got to take a break. We got Scott's comment in the news coming up. I got a couple of people on hold I want to get to when we come back. Uh, we'll be back after this. I'm with them. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Lacrosse Teachers Union President and Central High School Spanish Teacher John Havlicek is joining us just to talk about the pandemic and how teachers are are going to deal with this as we've uh, we in Lacrosse, the Lacrosse School District, not we but you all in the Lacrosse stu- School District have postponed teaching for about a month. Um, also, if we get time other uh, or I'm going to bring John back on Friday to uh, we'll do a preview of Bucks Celtics, we could do that too on Friday, John. If you're not busy, um, oh, that'll
4: be that'll be brutal. That'll be painful.
1: <laughs> I did, I did, I do have a couple calls waiting, but I have, I have texts for uh, first uh, one. John text in your first F because I brought up my first F in Spanish. I, I think that is my only F in high school. And college, for that matter, I uh, I did get a D in Earth Science once, but that teacher didn't like me at all. Um, I'll blame the teacher. Um, Another another John, he asked me. Well, first he said, uh, "In when you when we first came on, and you talked about uh, how everyone's feeling about this, he didn't think that you brought up the children enough and what they felt, what they feel the the needs of the children during the pandemic here and during uh, the postponement of of in person classes, but. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you you have uh you have some caring feelings towards how your students take this. Um but he did well, a- he did also ask uh can you can you ask um what the per- what percentage of teachers uh the union represents do you any- have any idea there?
4: Yeah, I do. Um first let me just say, you know, our union motto is doing what's best for kids. And we keep kids at the forefront of everything that we do. And so when we talk about coming back, we have to balance uh, the needs of the kids to stay healthy, the needs of the kids to get an education, uh, the needs of the kids um, in terms of uh, they have to have some place to simply be and be safe. And that guides everything we do, uh, quite honestly. And so... We do take all that into account, and those are the the biggest discussions we have.
2: Definitely. Um, so,
4: anyway, I, I think, um, our union represents well. We represent all the teachers in terms of a, a legal matter, um, because we're the official, the recognized bargaining agents. But about eighty to eighty five percent of the teachers in La Crosse are voluntarily members of our association.
1: Okay. Uh, good to know, um, Nick. When we talk about students and and you know their issues, Nick kind of has a question in in that light. Uh, Nick, you're on the air. Go ahead, man.
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. I have a two part question. Um, the first the first uh, question is we all we all know that there's two sides to this the COVID 19 uh, virus. We have the virus part, um, which is obviously a serious deal here, and then. We have the, I guess, mental and physical effects and psychological effects on the kids from being locked down and not having the activities and things like that um, that they would normally have this time of year and then obviously during the school year. Um, is the La Crosse School District, do you guys have anything in mind, or are you preparing anything as far as um, mental health? needs and things like that for when if there are issues that arise where the kids are really just struggling and is there anything uh put in place there and then the second part of my question is um do you as far as the teachers union is concerned do you guys have any uh requests or i, I don't know if the right word is demand um set in place to um in order to reopen i'll let you guys uh i'll get off with that
1: all right thanks, thanks nick
4: uh, so the first question, yeah, we actually, we talk about what they call, you know, social-emotional learning uh, quite a bit, and the mental health of the students is, and, and their welfare is, is top priority. And so, yeah, we talk about, like, how do we accommodate, um, I'm just going to just, you know, a hypothetical, is this, uh, let's say, sixth-grader or fifth-grader, who is kind of at the age where they can stay home, right, for a while, but all day every day because <laughs> they don't there's no parent available to stay home with them because the parents are working or whatever, um, how do you accommodate that kid? And so the district is, is, is looking into some partnerships, and the, the association is trying to, to come up with solutions for, you know, how can we bring that kid safely into some place? Where you can just see another, like, human face live, <laughs> not on a computer screen. Um, and how do we balance that with that child possibly getting sick? And and so we talk about that quite a bit. And those are actually the, the harder questions to, to solve that we've been working on the longest. Um, things like, you know, how many Spanish verbs will you learn to conjugate this year? <laughs> Um, while everyone loves to conjugate Spanish verbs, except Rick, evidently, uh, we know that that's really not the most important thing.
1: Definitely not alone. So those
4: things, <laughs> those things are things that that are causing us to lose sleep at night and take up the bulk of our discussions.
1: Um, he, uh, oh, he, yep. The other part of his question was, did, did you guys have yeah. demands, if you remember?
4: Yeah. Well, so we wouldn't say demands. <laughs> right? I, yeah. I wanted
1: to do it, though.
3: Yeah, we have,
4: we certainly have things that are like areas of concern, things that we feel are, you know, maybe top priority um, that that we really have to talk about, um, and and we actually share those uh, with the administration, you know, um, and it might be things like, uh, what happens if a student a student's family test, someone in their family test positive? What are the ripple effects? Okay, that's certainly a, a question that that we need to talk, talk about. Um, some places are talking about, uh, not necessarily schools, but they're talking about uh, daily temperature checks. Okay, maybe there's some debate as to how effective that is, but but the question would be, how do you institute that in a place like Central High School, that's going to have 500 kids plus, let's say, 75 to 100 adults entering the building within a 15 or 20 minute time frame.
1: Yeah, I don't. I yeah. don't know if you remember the 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 movie Terminator, where they walk through that like device where yeah. you could see all the bones and um, <laughs> yeah. kind of like at the airport, like this 3D device. Yep. I think if if we just installed those right. in the next month, we'd be good. You could tell the all everyone's body temperature.
4: Yeah. Something that we haven't invented and has to be installed.
1: Right. Yeah. And, um, and you need funding for too. I feel like uh, maybe you guys probably, you probably could, I brought this up before uh, and you bring up a good point. Like how are we going to do temperature checks? Well, first of all, you're going to have to have somebody doing temperature checks. And then second of all, like, you know, on top of that, you're going to need uh, 5 billion cans of Lysol and uh, you know, 17 more, more custodians in the schools. Like I feel like, you know, as as hard as this is going to be on teachers and, and, and administration and, and stuff like that, man, how, how tough is a janitor's job going to be? And I feel like teachers are going to become janitors on top of that. Or they're going to make their kids be janitors, mini janitors that got to clean up their own desks and stuff.
4: Yeah, you know, it's really, it's, it's we're basically creating a, a new school model. Because it's not traditional face-to-face. It's really not online either. Because the, the current online models like that have gone back 10, 15 years kind of thing, like K-12 online and Ohio virtual schools and things of that nature, um, those really cater to either kids who haven't succeeded in the traditional system and then, you know, unfortunately, tragically, most of them don't succeed in that model either, or kids that would succeed in any system, and just kind of coast through. And so those models don't really apply here either. And then we throw again this big elephant into the room of, oh, and by the way, we have kids and adults uh, who can potentially get a life-threatening illness. Um,
6: so it's, it's really hard. And,
4: and the administration, I think, is has, has been good about about listening to our concerns and trying to address them. Or if they can't, Address them, taking them to, let's say the, the Wisconsin DPI, or the county health department, to get answers. Because um, when you get that many folks thinking about it, um, you tend to cover most of your situations.
1: We're talking with Lacrosse Teachers Union President, and Central Spanish Teacher, Central High School Spanish Teacher, John Havlicek. Uh, John Josh is calling in. He's he's just got a question, kind of along uh, those lines a little bit. Josh, go ahead. You're on the air, man.
3: I got
5: a, uh, mainly in regards to teachers, like what percentage would you say of teachers are just ready to go back to normal, regardless of the, however you want to phrase it, but the, the, the risk or the, in my opinion, overly exaggerated risk of COVID-19. Also, how much of input did the lacrosse? Um, school board taken from parents because I think there was a survey and like only 13% of parents wanted online schooling. That and also health professionals. I've heard from a number of health professionals, nurses, doctors that deal with children that feel that it's much more of a health risk for students to stay out of school. They need need interaction with kids, with people for mental reasons. um, So they're not staying home alone and also to get exposed to germs that build their immune system. So like what I feel like there's a lot of other input there from what I'm seeing that didn't really get taken into account and just you heard the heard their side and okay we're going to do this anyways or is that just
1: my perspective from what I've seen? All right, thanks for the call Josh. Uh, yeah, John, go ahead.
4: Yeah, you know, so I I guess I can't I I can't uh, speak to what the what kind of input the school board took and, and did they appropriately hear from all the different folks? Um, you know, so I, I cause I'm, I'm not in those meetings, if that makes sense. Um, but um, I, I think we just have to bear in mind that a lot of the, the data on, on kids, and let's just go with under 10 and then also under 18, is going to be a little bit sketchy um, because the first thing that we did was we quarantined kids when we closed the schools down from in-person instruction last spring. You know, uh, certainly a third grader or something, probably 90% or more of their social interaction is school. So whether or not kids were getting infected is going to be a little bit skewed last spring. That being said, um, Yeah, absolutely. There are concerns that, I mean, I think a lot of adults are going a little stir-crazy right now that we're trying to be careful, we're trying to limit interactions and stuff like that. And so we have to take that into account. And I think we're trying to. Well, I know we're trying to. I I think we will be able to balance that successfully. Um, But the flip side is the kids that do get sick, that do transmit it to the adults or the in, in their lives. What, and I'm not just talking about school staff. I'm talking about their parents, grandparents, things like that. Um, because you know, the most recent study that I've seen said that anywhere from 25 to 40 percent of uh, educators in our country are in at least one or more of the risk groups. You know, just for different health concerns.
1: Yeah, and then what happens when one of, one of the teachers comes down with COVID? Then they're out? you got to bring a yeah. sub in? <laughs> and did they, did they infect? Does the whole class go home? I mean, there's. I feel like the yeah. questions are never-ending. Um, I did have an idea, and I don't know what you think of this. Uh, speaking with lacrosse teachers union president and central high school Spanish teacher, John Havlicek, uh, what about just lock-in schools? We just, you know, we we make some teachers stay. Like, uh, you remember the, when you were a kid, you you went to the Y for a lock-in? For the whole weekend, like you went Friday night and you didn't come home till like Saturday sometime, and you stayed overnight. Uh, what if we just do that, like kind of like what the NBA is doing? They're playing in a bubble. Let's just keep the kids, the students, in a bubble, and just you know maybe make the younger teachers that are that are kind of new, and, and maybe a couple of veterans, but just mostly the you know the rookies. We'll make them stay in the bubble with, <laughs> with the kids. Is that cool? Well.
4: I guess I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> uh,
1: you don't want to be locked but, uh, in Central High School for about three months uh, teaching kids twenty four seven.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I think uh, facetiously you do hit on the issue that we're we're closer to to medical staff type of conditions. You know, when you look at, um, you know, let's just let's just say a nurse or a doctor, uh, whatever medical staff you want to pick. You know, maybe deals with let's just say fifteen to fifty uh, folks in a day in terms of you know customers like the the patients that come in, um, and they see that person for anywhere from you know maybe five minutes up to half an hour or an hour, um, and the hospitals are being very very strict about you know what the uh, what the adults have to do or what the what the staff have to do in terms of their own safety and what the the patients have to do in terms of their own safety. Um, and that's harder for schools because we're dealing with minors. We're dealing with little kids, you know, first graders maybe. Um, and we're dealing with, with parents who may or may not really think this is a much of a concern. And as a high school teacher, I might see 125 or 150 kids in a day. And I see them in a, a very confined space. You know, my classroom is like 30 feet by 30 feet. And I might see them uh, in a normal year, 25 or 30 kids at a time for 45 minutes. That is all shared air. That is a lot of surface contact and so forth. Um, so it's really hard. And they actually have talked about creating small cohorts and moving them through. Um, this would work. That's a little bit more feasible at the elementary level. Um, because of the high school, they're taking all sorts of different classes.
2: Right. Um,
4: but that's something that they're talking about. Um, if and when we can get to some sort of a hybrid or blended model where there's some time in school, some time online. And, and that would be the next step that we hope we can get to. Um, and, but what it's going to take, and you know, with all due respect, I'm sure your listeners have differing opinions. Um, in my opinion, what it's going to take is it's going to take our entire community... And that probably means, you know, 25-mile radius from the center of Lacrosse Crosse um, to get real serious about clamping down uh, and wearing masks and, and doing those types of things to drive the numbers down so that we can more safely get more kids back in our buildings on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I always, every once in a while, I get the argument, like, you know... Uh... Europe, their their schools have been back in session for however many months. I don't even know if they are honestly, but maybe they they've been for a couple months. And I'm like, yeah, that that whole country or you know one of the countries over there will have 500 cases a day. We have sixty thousand cases a day in our, in our country. Yeah. Uh, we had 700 yeah. plus cases in Wisconsin alone. So um,
4: yeah, you know, it's they talk about um, you know, like I think it was CNN did a story. And it was, you know, in terms of population, the uh, the United States has a population that's about three-quarters the population of the entire European Union. But we have, like, five times as many cases (laughs) (laughs) as the entire European Union. Right? That's a lot. Um, So if we can do that, the teachers, the kids want to be back. More than anyone else, because they want to see their friends. They want, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, there are kids that want to come back to Spanish class. They want to come back to math class, calculus, and all these things. After them, it's the teachers.
1: Yeah, I would say that that you teachers probably would rather be in classrooms teaching than than trying to figure out 100%. online stuff.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. I you know I love my job. We all do love my love our jobs, um, but it's got to be safe for the kids. And it's got to be safe for our community.
1: Uh, last last question. And this is pretty. I don't, You know. Just kind of. I always think of this. It's it's got to be pretty difficult to keep a first grader from wearing to, to keep a first yeah. grader wearing a mask all the time. I don't even know if that's possible. But you know, high schoolers aren't all that mature either. Is it? Will they be? Will they be good wearing a mask if if they ever get into the classroom again in in you know the near future?
4: I think so. You know, I, I think the kids, the kids do get it, and and in the end, if if uh, a family just says, you know, we disagree with this, uh, we have other options. You know, there's the Cooley Region Virtual Academy, um, which is a, a nationalized curriculum taught by local teachers. That should be excellent. I would have no hesitation sending a child there. Um, We have what's called Wisconsin E-Scholars, and that's more of a local curriculum uh, taught by local teachers. Again, I would have no hesitation uh, sending a child there um, in terms of the quality of education and so forth. Um, And then hopefully we get back to some in-person instruction. All right, John. And and I think kids get it.
1: John Havichek, Lacrosse Teachers Union President, Central Spanish Teachers. Thanks a lot for joining us.